السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين بإذن الله today we will look at some of the stories in the 14th جزء بإذن الله Yesterday we spoke about Surah Yusuf in quite a bit of detail بإذن الله today we will look at three different stories Allah Jalla wa'ala in the 14th Jews speaks about creation again of Adam alayhi salam. He then speaks about some of the messengers and at the end he speaks about Ibrahim alayhi salam. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum wa salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How are you? Alhamdulillah, how are you? I hope you're well. Alhamdulillah, good, good, mashallah. Alhamdulillah. Yesterday and day before yesterday we had spoken about the story of Yusuf alayhi salam. Today we move on to a different juz, and that is the 14th juz. We find that there are three main stories mentioned in this juz. The first, Allah Jalla wa'ala speaks about the creation of Adam alayhi salam and what occurred where Iblis refused to prostrate. One of the things that stood out for me, yes, we've covered this story before in quite a bit of detail. Every time we come, we get to a story that, you know, we're mentioning again, we try to take a new point. Iblis, he tells Allah, he says that delay me for a little time, basically after he's obeyed and after he's being thrown out, he says that delay me for a little while because I will then go and try to misguide or mislead the son of, the son of Adam. I will misguide all of them. In another verse of the Quran, he says, I will come to them from every direction in front of them, behind him, the right, the left, from all over, I will come. What's interesting for me in this verse is, yes, Iblis here is speaking, but look at how he has this resolve and he wants to go and, you know, he's saying, I'll get all of them. And this is not only with Iblis. We find that so many times people who have uh, ideas or they have a certain mission, people who are not from the deed, let's say it's something from the dunya, you find that they have a drive and they have this passion and they want to go and carry on doing it and they work hard until they get everybody. I think for us as Muslims, firstly, and then as du'at and talabat ilm, it's something to learn that, you know what, we've also got to work hard. It's not just, you know, you learn a little bit and do your little bit and carry on. No, everybody else is working hard and everybody else is trying to get their message across. So what about those who are trying to convey the message of Allah himself? That's interesting. A lesson learned from Iblis. Uh, so it's interesting if you put it that way, mashallah. Uh, you know, that, that, that's so true. We can learn from anybody uh, as long as uh, there's something of benefit there. I, I remember there's a sheikh of uh, mine that always w would tell me that, you know, learn from a fool. Watch how he behaves and then don't do what he does because then you know that it's the wrong manner in which to behave. So uh subhanallah this is something we can learn from iblis that uh, yeah, I mean, you know before he, he was yeah yeah <laughs> yes before, the, messengers did, the messengers did have that drive and they had that hard work but what i'm trying to get to is maybe if we term it a bit differently not really a lesson from iblis but if we look at iblis we look at the people of Batil, or we look at people who even are going for some message that's not really you know, not really related to the Akhirah, not even a good message. We find that they have a drive that people who do good don't really have. So all of them, I think, 
we can look at their work ethic. Uh, that's a bit more, you know, appropriate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. No, 100%. Uh, but I think in, in a lot of things, there are lessons that we can derive. Uh, so, subhanAllah, that's, that's a profound lesson right there. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ مِنْ صَلْصَالٍ مِنْ حَمَئٍ مَسْنُونَ And certainly we created man out of clay from an altered black mud. So, what I find amazing is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created all of mankind from this altered clay of black mud. And the color was the same. The texture was the same. The material was the same. Yet today we find ourselves discriminating against each other based on the outshoots, so to speak, of that so why why do we do this we're all from one material we we originally were from the same color and uh, ultimately this uh, you know spread into different races and tribes etc so elsewhere in the quran allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that uh, so we made you into tribes and uh, nations shurub and nations so that you may get to know one another. So the very reason why we're meant to get to know one another is the reason why we're discriminating and differentiating between each other. So if our origin is the same, then I think it's important for us to look at this and say, look, hold on, there is a common base. So why are we discriminating each other uh, against each other? You know, as Allah mentioned, it's so many verses of the Quran, it's all about taqwa. It's not about your skin color or your wealth or your status. It's a very important point to mention and to carry on mentioning. I think sometimes people feel that because of who they are or, you know, because of their lineage, maybe because of their skin color, they feel better than others. As the Messenger says in a hadith, Basically, the one whose deeds are not good enough. You know, your lineage doesn't push you forward. No, it's according to your deeds and what's in the heart, ultimately. Moving on, we find Allah Jalla wa'ala then speaks about some of the messengers. He speaks about Ibrahim alayhi salam, Lut alayhi salam, Salih alayhi salam, Shu'aib alayhi salam. I think one of the points I'll touch on is when Allah Jalla wa'ala says that, tell them about the story of the guests of Ibrahim. Ibrahim. He then mentions that these two malaika came as guests. They entered upon Ibrahim alayhi salam. He hosted them. And in the previous, or he starts speaking to them. And they tell them that they, the angels tell Ibrahim alayhi salam, we've come to give you glad tidings. And we've also got a mission. One of our missions is to destroy the people of Lut. In another verse of the Quran, in the Jews we took yesterday or day before, Allah Jalla wa Ala says, فَلَمَّا ذَهَبَ عَنْ إِبْرَاهِيمَ الرَّوْعُ وَجَاءَتْهُ الْبُشْرَةِ يُجَادِلُنَا فِي قَوْمِ لُوتِ He then starts not arguing but debating, asking about the people of Lut. It's mentioned by some of the Mufassirin that Ibrahim alayhi salam mentioned this because he said, how can you destroy a nation where Lut alayhi salam is still there? He's still a believer. They are believers from amongst his people. They've believed in Allah. They are obeying Allah. How can you destroy them all? So what I take from this is that look at how Ibrahim alayhi salam, a person who has a message, is defending other people who are calling to the same message. You know, sometimes we in the same boat and we, everybody is calling to Allah, they're calling to goodness. 
But then we fighting with one another. Ibrahim alayhi salam, the father of the Anbiya, he knows there's another Nabi and he's worried about him. He's concerned about him. He starts telling the angels, how can you do, you know, how can, how can you destroy all of them? There's still loop. There's still this one. So he knew about another person who was calling to goodness. He was defending this other person who was calling to goodness. He was worried and concerned that some harm may reach Lut alayhi salam and the others who believed with him. Allah, that's a powerful point, uh, especially in today's circumstance where you have a lot of professional jealousy between uh, people in the same field. So they, they end up, you know, talking bad about each other, pulling, pulling each other down. Yet here we have uh, the Nabi of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala worried about uh, his fellow uh, Nabi, you know, so to speak, uh, fellow messenger. So I think it's it's important for us to learn from this. We can really, uh, really and truly learn something from it. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ibrahim, And let them know about the uh, guest of Ibrahim or the guests of Ibrahim. So when they entered upon Ibrahim and he said, uh, they said, Salam, he said, indeed, we are fearful of you. Elsewhere, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that uh, he, you know, he was scared of them because they didn't, they, they were not eating from the food that he had put forth uh, for them. So he was worried about who these people were. What type of guests are these? They don't eat. There's something wrong. So. The fact that he was fear, fearful of them shows us that we can be scared of certain uh, supernatural phenomenon. Uh, phenomenon. It's normal. It's natural. When you hear a door closing at night and there's nobody to close it, you hear a tap opening and there's no, nobody opening that tap. Uh, but it's happening. That, that's normal to be fearful. But ultimately, you place your trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he, he actually allowed these people in. Uh, even though they were unknown. So this was the, that's, this is the other aspect of it, that the karam of Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam, he was a very uh, hospitable person. He'd allow people into the home and uh, entertain them as guests, even though they were not really known to him. Uh, these people were unknown to him, yet he allowed them into the home. So fear of something, going, going back to the first point, fear of something is normal uh, and natural, but we shouldn't go too far and deep into this. Uh, of late, I've been seeing videos online where people are going into derelict homes uh, and looking for the jinn and trying to have encounters with them. This is not something that's uh, required or encouraged in the Sharia. Rather, we should avoid uh, doing this type of thing and seek the refuge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, you mentioned such an important point. Sometimes people think that they're too strong and they can go and face things. The Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam, when telling the Sahaba, he says that don't wish to meet the enemy. You know, there's some enemies or there's some difficulties you come, you face in life. You know, it's better if you didn't face such people or you didn't get into such situations and saved yourself. Moving on, we find Allah Jalla wa'ala, at the end of the juz, he speaks about, again, Ibrahim alayhi salam. On the last page or two pages, he says, Inna Ibrahim kana ummah. Ibrahim alayhi salam, one person, he was an ummah. The word ummah has different meanings. It could mean somebody who taught people good. It could also mean that Ibrahim alayhi salam, he himself, one person, was a nation. 
Imagine one person has the weight and he has the, you know, the deeds of a nation. And this is very, very important for us to learn. You know, sometimes you're on the path, you're doing something, you're doing it alone, and you're not really sure. Must I carry on? Mustn't I carry on? I don't really have support. I don't really have a following. I don't have this. Ibrahim salam was an ummah. He was, one person was equivalent to a nation and more. And from him we find is Ismail, Ishaq, Yaqub, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam eventually. So I think it's important for us to carry on as long as we're doing something good. Ibrahim alayhi salam was an ummah. And as mentioned by some of the sahaba radiallahu anhum, that a person, if he's on the truth, even if he's one person, he is an ummah. He is a nation on his own. So I think that's quite important to mention. Yes, uh, wallahi, that's so true that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, describes him as a nation, yet he was one man. Uh, some of the mufassirin explain that he was only one person upon the, upon the truth. So he, he was literally the whole ummah, the entire ummah at that time. And then uh, some, some others go as far as saying that uh, he's his good deeds and his iman and his belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was equal to an ummah. And I think that also has some uh, validity because if you look at uh, how later on the hajj became a part of uh, literally the rituals of, of Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam and a lot of what he was engaged in became part of uh, hajj. And hajj is where people go to acknowledge the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and uh, you know, exemplify this in their lives. So, subhanAllah, that's that's uh, quite something that at one stage he was an ummah and today you have so many people that are actually engaged in what he was uh, doing at the time or, you know, based on his the ritual, so to speak, the ibadat, the worships, different acts of uh, worship that he was doing uh, at the time. So, it's, it's amazing. And they symbolize these uh, throughout the hajj. You find that uh, his... his um, the, the rituals that he was engaged in or, you know, the ibadat that he was engaged in, people actually symbolize them throughout the hajj. So that, that's something very, very, very uh, solid that uh, you mentioned there. Um, later on, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells him, Then we reveal to you that follow the way of Ibrahim who was devout and inclined towards the truth. So, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam being the best is told that follow the way of Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasallam. So there are certain facets of life that we can, even being the best, and of course Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam had the highest of iman, uh, but there are certain facets of life for us, what we can learn from this, that people that may be them uh, because follow them because that's something that they were really good at or they are really good at so we can learn a lesson or two from them of course muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is and uh, was the best of creation so we will never say that he was uh, below anybody of course he was the best and above uh, everybody else i think you're uh, message cut a little bit but uh, from what i gather you were saying that uh, muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam yes he is the best of creation and allah jalla wa ala is ordering him here to follow in the footsteps of ibrahim alayhi salam to basically look at role models and people who came before him and from what i gathered correct me if i'm wrong is that 
We don't dispute that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is the best, but here he's being told to follow somebody who, who was also one of the best in the sight of Allah jalla wa'ala. And I think you mentioned that this teaches us that we can benefit from people even though they, you know, they may not be the best or at the top. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that's what I gathered. Yeah. Yes, yes, no, 100%. That, that was uh, the point that I was uh, mentioning. SubhanAllah. Shaykhana, I think we've mentioned quite a bit. It's been a bit of a shorter session, but I think we took a bit of time yesterday and day before yesterday. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Uh, wallahi, I can't, I can't think of anything, actually. Uh, we, we've covered these stories before, but these are different angles, like you mentioned. You know, when you speak about the role models, yes, when it comes to the deen, when it comes to worshipping Allah, when it comes to, you know, following the message of Allah Jalla wa'ala, obviously our role model in all that is Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the best of best. He was the most, you know, he had the most taqwa, his belief and his iman was the highest. And yes, we are meant and we have to follow him, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Also, when it comes to our dunyawi aspects, our worldly aspects, we find that there is guidance that has been given to us. So when it comes to your marriage, when it comes to your buying and selling, when it comes to judging between the people, there's also been guidance given to us. However, when we look at the Sharia, yes, the nusus, what came in the Quran, what came in the Sunnah, it's not going to be increased anymore in terms of how many, in terms of the number of ayat. So the Quran has been revealed, finished. There's no extra ayat going to come. The Sunnah Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, what he spoke, what he taught, it's been documented and he's not going to come again in this world to give us more ahadith. So from this, the scholars mention that when we look at the nusus, the evidence in the Sharia, we find that these pieces of evidence are limited, limited in number. However, when we look at the day-to-day -day lives of people and the situations that, are, that can occur, these are unlimited. And we don't have to go far. Just look at your transactions today. So what they mention, when we say Islam is a complete religion, we are saying that any field in life, there are some sort of rules and guidelines. So Islam didn't come with something specific to, to say, for example, today, when it comes to using WhatsApp, this is the ruling. No. However, there are certain rules and guidelines already mentioned. Hence, you take these rules and then you apply them to this. So, for example, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, you know, naha an al-qil wal-qal, basically gossip and just speaking anything and lies. So all that when it comes to social media, for example, you're not supposed to lie, you're not supposed to do this, you're not supposed to do that, etc. The point I'm getting to is that there is guidance in everything. However, when it comes to learning specifics, when it comes to learning specifics in dunyawi aspects, worldly aspects, there's no harm from benefiting from anybody who knows, you know, who has more knowledge in a field. As the Messenger وسلم, told the people of Ansar when it came to the date trees, first he told them, you know, don't bring the male and female together, as is known, talqih. And when the dates didn't come, the next year or the next harvest, he then told them, he then asked them, where's the dates? And they said, you know, we've got no harvest. He then said, do what you were doing because you know more when it comes to your dunyawi aspects. So this teaches us that sometimes in other aspects of our life, we're not saying leave the guidance of Islam. No, use and follow Islam to the T and abide by the principles that have been laid down. But when it comes to specifics, the how of doing things, there's no harm in learning from somebody else. 
that's why I give you an, an interesting, uh, you know, interesting concept that's out there. There's something called modeling, not the modeling that a lot of people know. Modeling means if you want to learn something in life, go and look at the three, four, five best people who've done it, the best in their field, you know, study them for a little while, look at how they've done it and try to build on their success. So you don't try and invent the wheel again. No, there's people who've already done it. They've already climbed that mountain and they've got a lot and you're still at zero. You might not get to 100, but you've already got 80 or 90% of the way. So I found that very interesting. And speaking about role models in this aspect, we're not saying that take them as your idols. No, we're saying learn from people who've already been through that journey, even when it comes to your dunyawi aspects. As for the deen part of it, we learn from the messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, 100%. And I think there's also, uh, we, we can mention how there are certain role models from amongst the Muslimin also that we can learn uh, from in history, uh, for in, in business, etc., in different uh, fields that we can learn from, even in uh, the, the Islamic history. Uh, but um, yeah, we, we've got to also benefit from the people of our day and age and the people who are role, role models today. We can learn certain aspects and things uh, from them as well. You know, Sheikh, what's interesting when it comes to the question of role models, if somebody had to ask you, who is your role model? Who do you look up to? Who have you learned from? Obviously, for every Muslim, they will say Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. However, let's look in today's times. If you say, for example, if I had to ask you, it's somebody who I wouldn't say look up to. Okay, somebody who you look up to, there, to today and you've learned a lot from. You could name X, Y, and Z. People usually tend to name one person. What I want to get at is this one person, whoever they may be living today or living after the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, they were not complete. So you may be able to follow them in one aspect of life, but you will find that in something else, you will have to look elsewhere. So a typical example you would find is that, let's say somebody in business or somebody this, you find people who are business inclined, they'll mention one person. No, this person has done it one way. There's all other ways of doing it. So I think it's important to, you know, not be so focused like this on one person and think they know it all. There's a lot you can learn from everybody else. Even, you know, your parents at home, there's a lot you will learn from them that nobody will teach you life experiences. Yes, subhanAllah, that, that's so true. You can take from different, different people whatever uh, best benefit you can get from them, derive the benefit, and uh, you don't have to take everything else. Yes, and you can learn from more than one person. We're talking about, for those who are joining the stream live, you're talking about dunyawi aspects, you know, your worldly life, also dini aspects. We mentioned the Messenger وسلم, is the perfect role model for everybody. We're talking about if somebody today had to say, you know, who do you really look up to and who have you learned from a lot? What we're saying is that you can learn from more than one person because perfection has not been encompassed by anybody living today. Yes, yes. I, I think this is an important topic because a lot of youth don't really have uh, role models at all today. You know, they don't really even think of them. Or if they do, then there are people online or Instagrammers or, you know, some sort of uh, strange uh, person that you wouldn't really, we wouldn't really even know of. Uh, and then the reason why they're following them is, is wrong as well. So uh, for the right reasons, the, the right role models, the right people uh, look at them 
and uh, definitely you can learn a lot. Uh, there's a lot to be learned from people, and not all. Not to say that all Instagrammers are bad or all uh, people who are on Facebook are bad, but uh, there are a lot of uh, people doing different things out there. Some people are just wasting time. Uh, some people really have no idea what they're up to. So I think that's uh, that's something we can talk about. Yeah. Uh, inshallah, we'll talk about it in a bit more detail in another episode after Ramadan. Shaykhana, is there anything else you'd like to add? Wallahi, jazakallah khair. I think uh, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Ameen, wa'iyyakum, inshallah. Tomorrow we get to the 15th juz, halfway uh, through the Quran, we would have passed half, and that would signal that Ramadan, half of Ramadan in most parts of the world is almost coming to an end. We ask Allah to make us from those who benefit from this month, who are freed from the fire and entered into Jannah. Amin. Jazakallah khair and Jazakumullahu khairan to the viewers as well. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.